0: super talk mississippi media production
1: in the mississippi legislature senate bill 2145 funds health care for illegal immigrants call your legislator today at 601-359-3770 ask them to stop senate bill 2145 it's not too late you can help stop this paid for by building america's future i'm steve azar and i'm on the other side of the microphone In a Mississippi minute well, That's right You want to know what it takes to become a household name and have a hit record in the music the, a- the recipes require some pretty important ingredients. A great song, yes. Great record, check. Captivating, charismatic artists, okay, okay. But equally important is the deliverer of all these goods. My guest today has probably done that better than just about anyone I've ever met. His resume is a Rolodex filled with successful artists he and his team broke, including launching Shania Twain, Zac Brown, and yes, even me. When he believes, well, dreams come true and magic happens. He's one of Music City's truly great success stories. And when he comes knocking on radio's door, well, they answer. Also, there are about 50 or so ducks that landed on my pond this morning. And he, likes so many of my pals down here, live to hunt. Ducks best stay here if they know what's good for them. Because my man is spending a Mississippi Minute with me. Please welcome Michael Powers. What's up, Michael?
0: Wow. I love that. Thank you so much. You, you nailed it when you said... It takes uh, amazing artists, amazing songs, and a great team. And you also nailed it when you said, I'd love to go duck hunting I know. in your pond. They don't, they don't stand a chance,
1: man. No. <laughs> hey, you know what? The funny? Th- well, it's not funny. It's true. I mean, you know, all my friends down here, you know, their closets start with camouflage and blaze orange. And then eventually you get to some sort of work clothes. I don't even know. But especially this time of year, I know that we would lose you in hunting season. How's your hunting going this year?
0: You know, uh, we just moved and uh, have have really not done a lot of. But I did a good, had a really great deer hunt with some of my uh, my wonderful friends and partners, uh, Kevin Herring, who you know, oh, yeah. and Greg McCarn and <laughs> Matt Corbin, who uh, I co own a company with. But every year we do this little deer hunt in a place called Paducah, Kentucky, at O'Daniel Outfitters, and we had an absolute blast and uh other than deer hunting i've mostly been fishing this year steve it's been a light hunting year but a lot of fishing has taken its place so
1: that's good all right what kind of fishing are we doing
0: well okay so we now live in michigan so we're on uh lake michigan which is a tremendous uh, king salmon coho salmon uh we have great steelhead brown trout lake trout Um, we have a tremendous fishery in, in, in those uh in those species and then we live on a little uh, flooded river mouth that empties out into Lake Michigan, called Pentwater Lake, and that has wonderful pike and bass and uh, perch and walleye and wow. all kinds of great eating northern fish. We eat well here; we eat very well.
1: I love it. So you you catch you cook what you catch,
0: man. We we catch only what we'll eat, and we love to eat it. So. You know, we we'll, we we're not. Uh, we let I, I got this policy. I pretty much let about every other fish go. Hmm. It just feels right to me. I never take a limit, but I always take something. If I if I've got good luck, I always take something and bring it home. It really excites my my lovely lady. She loves fresh fish, and we we eat it and grill it a lot. So, but we don't we don't. You know, there's only two of us, so a yeah. couple of fish, and we're good to go.
1: Usually, there's a guy or somebody sitting there waiting to before you throw it away that's uh just sitting there and you have to get and then they're going like you know they had they bring empty coolers and uh so they went down here you know and you and so you stock their cooler as well so i don't know if the, every other one would work down here we're talking to michael well, we problems. have a little
0: problem we, we actually have a little problem uh my neighbor was uh, doing some perch fishing out of his kayak and had uh, caught five nice ones and had his little stringer on the side, and uh, he was just being circled relentlessly by one of our local bald eagles, and uh, it actually was getting lower and lower trying to come in on that stringer. It saw him flashing there in the water, so he finally took one off and threw it to him. And he come <laughs> picked that up and took it away. Well, he came back for all five, so when you throw one back around here, it sometimes makes it to somebody's cooler, but sometimes it makes it into the eagle's cooler. <laughs> so he, he,
1: he's well fed. I him. love it. I love it. We're talking to the hit maker. This is what I call him, Michael Powers, who played a huge role in my life because if it wasn't for him orchestrating and conniving and scheming of, I don't have to be Meet on Monday, how we were going to get that played on the radio, it would have never happened. So he's my guy, and he's a brother. Michael, you moved back home like we did. Just the, the sense of feeling like you could, first of all, and and home calling you back. Uh, first of all, when you tell me, you and Nikki, our girl Nikki, used to work at the record label as well. I met Nikki uh, after Michael, uh, at Mercury yeah, Records.
0: Yeah, she was your uh, product manager over there in marketing. She was, right? yeah, 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 yeah. No,
1: no, it, it it stayed a family affair. She's a great girl. I'm so glad I I see it. I don't know why we all didn't see that back in back years before, but that's all right. Tell me, moving back home for you guys, how have you been able to first move back home, doing what you do, and uh, and can you know and continue to, to to move forward in the biz.
0: Uh, I, I don't know. I don't, this will sound strange. It was a combination. It felt like uh, I always wanted to move back home. I did. But when things are going, I guess, according to your, and I'm going to quote, air quotes, you know, uh, your personal business plan, mm-hmm. your, per, your personal dreams or your personal soul, some of the things you'd rather do in your life seem to be put farther down the road. And when things don't go directly as planned, in, in other words, when God throws you the proverbial curveball, yeah. then, you, then you get closer to who you really are. When things aren't going so well, and you're maybe not getting all of the, the top-rate opportunities that you might have when you were a little younger or a little hotter or whatever it is. I don't know, but all of a sudden, other things call louder. Than just the desire to make money or be successful or pursue a trade. At some point, and I think maybe turning fifty, Steve. When I turned fifty yeah. last year, that that had a, a certain magnetism towards uh, towards north that pulled me north. And I think it was all the perfect time. Um, I, I was feeling uh, a bit older. I was feeling a bit more experienced. Maybe a little less needed in Nashville. Still, still loving my craft and pursuing it with as much as I could do but uh there's a young group of people that are making their mark now there's new artists the labels have have become smaller greater power uh if you will small you know less labels owning owning greater greater uh, portions of the business mm-hmm. and I said to myself I still want to do this but I'm going to do it on my terms now since the business is telling me they're going to do me on their terms well I'm going to do them on my terms so Fortunately, I own my own small independent company, and I was able to say to my my business partner, Matt Corbin, hey, uh, why don't, since you, Nashville is your home, why don't you live there and run the office? I will run it satellite out of Michigan, where I can be close to Detroit and Lansing and Grand Rapids and Chicago. I'm just two hours from all these major cities, and I said, that's actually going to be good for our business. It'll be good for my soul to live on the beach, and maybe... Just maybe I'll get re-inspired and get a little bit more, uh, a little bit more into this for, for the for the final quarter of football. And I think all those things are true. So I'm close to what I love, which made me love what uh, what I left a little uh, bit too. So um, it. it just opens up your your mind and your heart to a whole new. Uh, and I always call it, you know, second half of football. I mean, really. Really, the moving home, that was right after the halftime of my life, I hope. I hope I'm blessed enough for that to be halftime. But whatever time it is, it was time for a change.
1: I love it that we're talking to Michael Powers, hitmaker, Nashville, but now has made his way back home to Michigan. I love it when you talk about 50. You're going to go another 50. and, uh, And also the fact that you and I survived 250. That's amazing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's so true that
0: is true what are the odds of that there's
1: no odd i mean we just you know that's yeah. like lottery stuff we, we you and i pulled yeah. off but hey right. michael so home where where'd you grow up exactly in michigan
0: Okay, so i grew up in, in michigan i was born in uh on the west side of detroit a little uh town called plymouth canton area canton wasn't even a city at the time it was a township in the the, the little town plymouth i went to plymouth high school um, and enjoyed a absolutely blessed, perfect, um, average, middle-class guy life. I went to a great school. I was terrible at football, but awesome in the band. Uh, I did play football, uh, but I was like that, that fourth or fifth string where most of my activity was getting whacked by the guys who were talented. I was a, a human-blocking-and-tackling dummy um, <laughs> and survived enough to get a letter, but... I I was in the jazz band, which was my real passion was music. I played in a rock band in the afternoons and after school and sort of played around local festivals and fairs. And like, like everybody just, just had that, that awesome, um, awesome parents and family that supported that. My brother was in the band with me and played bass. And my sister, who's an excellent singer, she, uh, would join us and sing some Stevie Nicks here and there. We just had a great time. It Come was, on. I never knew bad. this. We
1: yeah. were with Michael Powers. We're going to start digging in to the artists that he has, my God, the careers he has affected. Uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. it's crazy. going to miss it a few minutes. I feel like you've doing it, doing doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it right. I saw. In a Mississippi minute with
0: Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: I hope it's not too late. There's still so much to say to you. I'm Steve Azar. We are with Hitmaker Michael powers. powers. Yes, it takes a man like this. Man, you don't get on the radio unless a guy like Michael, and they are few and far between, believes in you and gets it. He also works harder, and his team. You talk about Matt Corbin. How's Matt still alive too. We're all. I'm wondering how all of y'all are still alive because I want to. Yeah, I, me I, I, too. I do wonder that. No, I want to, I want everybody to understand this: that you guys in the trenches, as you call it, you've got to go every day. And if you're if you're not on the phone, you're on the road. And when you're on the road, you show up to a to pals who you've built relationships with, who you're with for 24 hours max. And it's the party for them, so you have to be on. And then you go to the next one, and these guys are ready to go. And you have to, your body has to, as you always said, Michael Powers, you layer. You always layer with water. We're going to layer with water. And, that's and, right. you got to do water. Like and, and, yeah, right. just what you put yourself through, no sleep, the travel schedule, being able to have a relationship and build a family, it's hard because you guys are the ones truly in the trenches and that are making it all go. So you go to Michigan. I mean, you, you grew up in Michigan. You start where starting the radio in the radio station. Is that where it starts, Michael?
0: Yeah. I went to, um, I went to Specs Howard school. I was in high school radio and then I went to this really famous school here in the Detroit area called the Specs Howard school of broadcasting. There's been a lot of great, um, uh, from Dick Purton and, Tom profit and just lots of great uh, people have gone to school like that. Chicago has a great school. Uh, there's There's been several. But they, they sort of teach you the, the ins and outs of broadcasting, then help you get job placement, which they did. I graduated and went uh, directly to work at a small radio station on the, uh, in southern Lake Michigan called St. Joseph, WSAM. And then that took me, uh, that was in the Midwest Family Broadcasting, that took me to Lacrosse, Wisconsin, Across the lake and across another state on the Mississippi River, and that was the the other end of the Mississippi, guys. So you, you go go straight as far oh, as yeah. you can go, almost. And <laughs> I and I was up there, and then um, and then Indianapolis, and uh, that's when I got to the level of radio. It was a big top, you know, top forty market radio station where people were starting to take me out to dinner. Yeah. Record guys were calling, and I'd never experienced that before being in small markets, and all of a sudden. Executives were calling me saying, "Hey, would you play this next, uh, you know, uh, naughty by nature record?" Or, 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 something? and I was like, uh, "Why are you calling me?" And they're like, um, "You are the music director, aren't you?" The <laughs> assistant. Pre- well, yeah. Well, I need to take you out to dinner, and that is when my eyes were opened that there were people in this world that made a living taking other people out for a steak and playing them music, and I knew that was the job. For me. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Who could be better at that than me?
1: Nobody. Zero. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's not true about everybody. But I, I found, like you said earlier, uh, if you were willing to to go at it physically and mentally and, and enjoy it, if you could find a passion for it, as long as you had that passion, you could be really good at it. But I will say, like, any uh, occupation or anything that you do, when you lose a passion or you get tired, You you know things change, and that goes for anything. I I think in life, anything you do, and there's no no shame in in, no. There was no shame in my father, my grandfather, anybody. That as you get older, what you have done over and over and over again begins to look a lot more like a job. And instead of setting your sights on how do you get farther up the ladder, you're trying to set your sights on how you fall softly off
1: it and and move on. You know. Yeah, talking to Michael Powers, my hitmaker brother. So you are an indie. Does indie take you to Nashville? No, 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 no. I meet you in Detroit. Wait, wait, wait. wait. I'm so confused because it was Kevin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take me. Yeah. Well, so yeah, so
0: indie. So Charlie Minor, legendary. You you may have, or your listeners may have seen the. uh, I think it was on A and E or. Um, he, there was a, a documentary about the great Charlie Miner. I certainly am nowhere near the best record executive ever, um, but he is uh, at that top, Escalon. And, and Charlie Miner was the uh, senior vice president of a Pop, Rock, and Urban, um, under the great Herb Albert and uh, Al And So uh, those guys owned the record label. It was the world's biggest independent record label for many, many years. And um, I got hired um, in the bathroom of a restaurant in Detroit called Lazy Tour, uh, <laughs> where I was being invited uh, to listen to new music and meet Charlie and have steak and talk about records when yeah. I didn't know I was being interviewed uh, huh. under the table. And when I went to the restroom to uh, relieve myself of a little bit of that uh, tension in the room, uh, he came in after me, which I thought was weird. And uh, <laughs> upon finishing my duties, uh, shook, shook my hand and offered me a job <laughs> to leave radio and go to work for A and M Records. And I did.
1: Wow! I took-
0: At that time, also, um, you know, we had Soundgarden, which was that 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 Seattle sound was exploding. And so I got to do several Lollapalooza tours with Soundgarden and Chris Cornell, who the late Chris Cornell, one of my absolute favorite singers and musicians of all time. One of the nicest human beings I've ever met. A wonderful guy who will be missed. Um, But spending time on the road with Soundgarden and Temple of the Dog and that that Lollapalooza those days, and Extreme, we we had a great big hit with a song called More Than Words. And so there was this sort of heavy rock thing going on. And then also at the same time, we had like 13 number ones with Janet Jackson. There was a lot of new things. You know, CDs were just becoming... Uh, the format of choice, and you know, cassettes and stuff had, had moved into CDs, and 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 uh, people were experimenting for the first time how much music you could put on a disc. Same time, Sting was just exploding with a Ten Summoner's Tale album. I, I was my very first day on the job was basically, um, hello, you'll be working out of the uh, Detroit uh, Polygram branch, the distribution company. And you'll get this little office, but don't worry about your little office. You can go ahead and order yourself a desk and chairs and stuff. But you'll be mostly on airplanes and rental cars, and there was no cell phones at the time. But I, they said get get your stuff packed because uh, your first assignment is you're you're rolling through uh, on about nine staying dates. You got Cleveland, I, I Michael, real quick. You're, you're coming yeah. in
1: and out a little bit, so back. Okay. Uh, we'll just you know they know what to do. Uh, uh, let me hear you one more time uh check, check. That's One better. Two. That's better. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. So Stain, you, so you meant your own, you're going to be rolling in with Stain and, and, and Eric yeah. and those boys. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: So, so my first job was basically to go out on the road with right. Stain for about eight or nine shows, um, which was absolutely terrifying. And, uh, I remember, um, uh, it's the first day it was Cleveland, Cleveland show and I went into catering. I was told by the tour manager uh, to make sure I go into catering, which, as you know, Steve, is where the band and the artists eat before the show, you know, when everybody's working, right. your crew's working, and then they get a free meal. And so I, I was told to go into catering and meet people. So I go to catering, and, boy, there's Sting in there. Oh, so we're talking He's
1: Sting, that. not Stain.
0: No, Sting. Uh, sting, ah. Sting. I, sta-
1: I started doing a ding ding Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now now we're okay. All right, yeah. I'm back. I'm yeah, back.
0: So, so I'm out there with <laughs> Sting, and uh, I sit next to him, and he saying, hey, I always like to meet the new guy, you know? And so I'm like, oh, hey, Sting, uh, Michael Powers, and uh, yeah, I'm your new Detroit rep, and blah, blah, blah. And I say, so uh, I try to throw out some, some lingo, because as you remember, I was in the, the little high school band, remember? So my brother played bass. And I know Sting plays bass. So I say, I say brilliantly to get things the ice broken. So, what do you you play on your bass? Is that you, you play those GHS bass boomer strings on there or what? He sort of pauses and looks at me, and it's the longest pause ever. And he goes, Do you like golf? And I said, Yeah, I like golf. And he goes, Let's talk about golf, because I don't give a crap about what I play on my guitar for you, and you don't give a crap, really, either. And I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be the worst job. Sting already hates me. I've already uh, sort of angered him by talking about his bass strings. Actually, the truth be known, after that, we went out to dinner, hung out, and for the next couple of years, or how long I was at the label, Sting was one of the... Nicest and most wonderful people to work with, but you just, just ask about always be yourself, don't try to be something. Yeah, well, but that's what I was trying to do.
1: You're supposed to put in your your foot in your mouth a few times in your life. I mean, that was just one, and it and it worked out. You got away with it.
0: I was 21 years old, 21 yeah. years old, having dinner with Sting. What am I yeah. supposed
1: to do? No, you're supposed to, you were supposed to ask something even stupider. Or stu- is there a word more right. s- more stupid? There's not a see, there you go. It, I just made up a word is. that's, but I can do it that.
0: Isn't, it should be, I can yeah. do that.
1: That's it. We're talking to Michael Powers. He makes hit artists. Michael, and now you can work a record like nobody's business. We all know that. But Mississippi is where popular music all began. Stems from here. So a couple of Mississippi artists to choose from, you get to play DJ again. I'm taking you back in, your, back in the beginning days. Would you like to hear right. a little Sonny Landreth or Chris Ledoux? Okay.
0: Wow, Chris Ledoux. Now, you, I, I wouldn't have realized that he was from Mississippi. See that. See that. Um,
1: Everybody is. Everybody
0: is. Wow. Everybody is. Okay. I think, I think I'm think i more familiar with Chris Ledoux, although you've mentioned Sonny many times and, and introduced me to him. So either one would be great, but I go Ledoux. That's the mood I'm in. You got right
1: it. Now. We're with Michael Powers. You're in a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, because that is how we roll, and we're going to roll them to the break. Now we call it the Cadillac Rain. They're parking cars in the old beef patch. There's a bar in the barn and the place takes packed yeah. Till the cows come home at Cadillac.
0: Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: I'm Steve Azar, we were with my brother, we should have been my brother, except, brother. except totally from two uh, different parts of the world, bond together by music, Michael Powers. Michael. Uh, Where was that at?
0: Was that at Mr. B's?
1: Where, was what? The that,
0: it, it was, on that was I know we met in Detroit uh, on the road or something, but where you and I sort of fashioned the plan to break. <laughs> I don't have to be meet till Monday. With that, that place was Mr. B's on the uh, yeah get to grow there.
1: Well, yeah, oh, that's I right on the that. corner down there over by BMI. That's right. That was the yeah. place. That was sort of the pivotal lunch. It uh, was. It was important, and I think that what we did was I had a false start. But 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 met great people like Bill Twyman and of course Kevin Herring who's like a brother, and you mentioned Kevin and Matt Corbin and all of this led to you, and uh, I mean the the times on the road with Kevin have, were priceless and Matt I mean it was so wonderful uh, and it's, it became a family I felt like you guys were true brothers you know I, I always we felt were, like we that were. we were all on the same not only on the same page but the same line of the page you know and we were we were, we became family, so tell me first I want to talk about. Tell me an artist that radio didn't tell you, oh, I love, I, I listen to the record, I really like it, da-da-da-da-da, that you guys had to fight like tooth and nails, besides me, forget that. Tell me an artist <laughs> that really became a superstar, that you guys had to do some serious maneuvering, and that you knew fans were loving, and it. Just, but it didn't fit the format necessarily or the demo.
0: Yeah, uh, the the probably one that people would not guess the, the, one of the toughest projects I ever had to work was Zach Brown and there were there was a lot of reasons for that um, Zach Brown was an independent artist we were an independent label um, I remember um, Keith Siegel, Grammy winning amazing yeah, singer right? songwriter yeah. and artist um, who I worked with for many years we were Sort of reunited on this project, and he had loved Zach Brown, and and we went down to Atlanta and to sort of meet with Zach before before we really got to work, and just to talk about a deal and and talk about that, uh, you know we we, we weren't uh, we weren't Universal, we were small. He, he was small. He was a an artist that had played thousands of shows for God knows how many small dollars, five hundred dollars if he could get it in, you know, in the back of a, an old bread truck that was their tour wagon. And, you know, guy, the guy played thousands of shows for 10 years before this opportunity. And we went down to his house in Atlanta and we were standing around an old swimming pool that had lily pads and plants and <laughs> mucky water growing in it. And he showed us around his studio there, which was in the back of his property, which was kind of cool. He had his home, homemade studio where he was working on records, and making records. and Um, Zach, what do you see in the future? You know, what what can we do? What can we do for you? And uh, I paraphrase, but he said something like, "You know, if we could be successful enough, true to ourselves, and be successful enough to make enough money where I can get some clean water and fix this pool for my kids <laughs> to swim in, I, I think it was a pretty good career." And uh, so, and so, thus, that, that was born. So we, I think we can do that. So, you know, we started to we started to go to work and it was really it was some of the biggest names in the business and it's not important for me to say those names it's imp- more important for the story but trust me it's true some of the biggest consultants and names in the business um i was sending this record to um it was called the foundation the first sac brown record and i was, please listen to this record give me some feedback give me some critiques on this and i was getting things like there's not a single on here um we 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 don't understand this guy, I don't think country music is about uh, a bearded, beanie cap wearing jam band type guy. Um, we this this is not really where country music is, right? Uh, Michael, well, we love you, but this I think you're wrong on this, and I don't think this is the guy. And uh, myself and Jeff Salima, another brother of yours, another yeah. friend of mine, we were we were partners in the company at the time. Jeff and I began to systematically uh, hire other professionals, Rocco, Costco, and, um, you know, more more people you know, more blasts from your past. And, you know, we, we went out, and um, we began to uh, dissect the radio, um, you know, panel, all the stations, and here's what we got. We got, we got the song called Chicken Fried, and here's yeah. what we got. Opening day, which is the first day that you release a record, we had eight radio stations. That's it, Steve. So Sometimes guy like Kenny Chesney or Luke Bryan, they'll get 80, 90 radio stations to play a record in the first day. You had eight. Like we had eight. Uh, that's not very good. Um, I think you had like 28 on the first day if yeah. I don't have to be me. Mm-hmm. And then, and then uh, so uh, by comparison, Zach Brown, who ended up having 10 number, uh, number ones in a row, uh, <laughs> starting with uh, Chicken Fried, we started with eight stations and a whole lot of We Don't Want This Guy. And uh, what happens is, you get a staff that doesn't take no for an answer, and you build the the dynamic. You, you build, and at the time, streaming wasn't hugely popular, but digital downloading was. And, and still, there was quite a bit of physical record sales. And then there was touring. And so we began to use the numbers, find numbers, dig, and, and fight the fight, calling every radio station back and saying, this record's working. People are installing New phone lines, and they're getting all kinds of, of emails and feedback saying that, that they love this chicken fried song. It's it's turning out to be an American anthem. People are raising their glasses uh, to a little bit of chicken fried at at live shows. You got to see it. So it went back to the basics I talked about earlier. We started dragging people to Zach Brown shows, and/or begging people to book Zach Brown for five hundred bucks at their big station event. And watch what happened. And people were just going nuts over this guy. And after a year and a half of constant, constant footwork and and beating and sales work, it the, the ball started rolling on its own, Steve. And then it was you couldn't have stopped it. There not there wasn't a record guy in the world powerful <laughs> enough to stop. An artist from the pinnacle when they're, when they're headed that way, right? And that's where Zach Brown was going. Boom! That,
1: see that that blows my mind because I would have thought you'd say Shania, and then Zach was the easiest. So there you go. That's what I know. But let me ask you this: You go from Universal, like when I went from you know you know when I when I left and went over and did my own thing, and we had sunshine. Uh, the video went number one. The song got to the edge of the top 20, whatever. And we did that on our right. own. And we were like, we were like in three in the morning calling, you know, two in the morning calling the West Coast right before the, right before the, you know, on Saturday night, you know, right. Sunday morning right before the. Try to get we, the extra expense. Yeah. Yeah. Trust me. Tr- I even had DJs go, is this really you? <laughs> (laughs) i mean we were doing and everybody was asking how we were doing it but we were working and so so let me ask you this you go from universal so i i guess my point is i know how it felt as an artist that started his own label you go as this guy that was you know you were wearing a crown and all of a sudden you go and keith stegall who's my man i mean legendary you all go a team of monsters that worked on a monster label go, but does the crown sort of disappear? You're fighting with one hand behind your back. Do some friends go away because you weren't on a major anymore? I guess that's my point.
0: You know, unfortunately all of that's true, but you know, some of the people that we mentioned on this call that we had formed a family and a brotherhood, those people are all still in my life and including you. Yeah. And, and, and that is amazing. But yes, unfortunately I had a, I had a big awakening that the crown is only worn by the person that currently sits on the throne. In other words, Royce Risser, who's a fantastic executive, who, yeah. uh, when 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 uh, when I when I took over as senior vice president of promotion at Universal, which included um, MCA Records, Lost Highway Records, um, and Mercury Records, Royce was uh, uh, under me and I promoted him and John Ettinger, another buddy of yours, and Johnny. Chris Stacy, and and so uh, we had a heck of a team, but when, when, I, when I left Universal, Royce took over and has become three times the executive that I ever was, so the crown sat on, when I left, my crown got put on the chair for the next king, and so it's <laughs> not that I didn't have experience uh, in that chair, it's just that it wasn't my chair anymore, and so I had to go out and earn a new spot. Certainly, it wasn't that spot. It was a different spot, and it was in, infinitely more difficult because back then, um, you know, if you had a George Strait record or a Shania Twain record in your pocket, and you were going out trying to work a new artist, why then it was much easier for someone to say, "Well, I better give Mike a shot on this record because I do a lot of business with him with exactly. Reba, George and Shania." But when it just the new artist and that's all you're representing you have to work a lot harder because you don't have any leverage or synergy to work with it's all just passion and the artist
1: wow i mean it's amazing that it was zach of all the artists you've worked you know give me a quick our listeners just throw throw a quick 10 artists you talk you talk sting on that level zach Shania. Um, George, Toby Keith, Reba. Toby Keith. I,
0: I, I do. I'm real proud of that town garden those days too. that, the pop rock, the blues traveler, gin blossoms. if any of your listeners are yeah, into yeah. really groovy old classic rock. But I did learn that moving into the country world when I, when I went to, uh, uh, a, uh from A&M to Mercury was, uh, I, it, like you said, I made the best friends I ever made in my life, both right. with artists and executives. Rock business is a lot more, com- um, competitive and complicated and uh, cutthroat and country music, there's a lot of families and, and little groups of people you can get to know and get to love and make a part of your life, and so I'm really glad I made that transition.
1: I get that. We're talking to Michael Powers, my hitmaker brother. You're in the Mississippi man. All the good love you give me, So wild, so beautiful so sweet, so right Like a smooth
0: In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: I'm in a hurry, one hell of a hurry, cause I know you're there. I'm Steve Azar, we are with uh, Michael Powers, uh, music executive for many, many years, uh, who, if you had him on your team, there was uh, the batting average, your batting average went up, your chances.
0: And very high t very high t Yeah. on your team. <laughs> Travel and entertainment, baby. Travel and
1: entertainment. Yeah, I know. No, no. You're you. So let's just say that if you're in a fraternity, yeah. Michael's the social chairman, but but also the president, and also he's a lot of hats to wear. But you have to be able to be the guy to put on the party. Because. Yeah, we
0: whacked a lot of guys with wooden paddles. If yeah. that's what you're saying. Yeah. Then finally, the cat's out of the bag. That's the behind the scenes of the music uh-huh. business. You can't, can't do that anymore.
1: Paddles. You know, in a fraternity, you get in no. trouble. No, you
0: can't. You cannot.
1: No, you can't do anything. Anyway, hey, Michael uh consolidation so you were obviously a part of radio uh before and then after it consolidates as an as a guy in your position does it the transition looking back in the rearview mirror it was it easier or or better for you uh you know you know what did you have to deal with
0: it seems that everything is consolidating in every business it was way easier steve um back then you had Many, 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 many owners of radio stations. In other words, guys were at small companies and could play and do what they wanted, um, independent of a corporate entity. Um, same thing with the record business. You had many, 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 many record labels, independent labels, and, and, and all the major record labels that you might have heard of today, um, have all been consolidated. Same with the auto business. So, You have bigger companies, which I guess is great if you're one of the biggest sellers. If you're Luke Bryan having Universal Records, this giant, or if you're Taylor Swift having a big machine and a Scott Bouchette, these major, major, major entities work well for you when you're not at the top of the tier you ask yourself, am I getting enough attention? And I think everybody says that in anything. But, but so radio, just like the big record companies, all the radio stations were bought by corporations too. Um, now, you know, all these individual stations became AMFM. AMFM became Clear Channel, which a lot of people have heard. And Clear Channel became a, you know, advertising, radio, and live events mogul. Uh, Clear Channel became uh, iHeart radio and became iHeart Media, which is multi platforms. You may everybody everybody's heard of that. And Cumulus uh, is a huge player. Now Intercom bought CBS and Intercom's a huge player. And so now it is it is extremely difficult for any independents to get records started because as with any corporation, you do have your individual satellite offices out there in the field, which would be your individual local radio stations. But You have a boss, and this boss uh, could be in Atlanta if you're cumulus, could be New York if you're iHeart or Nashville or what have you. You have a boss, the, the guy who sort of looks over all the radio stations, and they have a very distinct and succinct idea of what to play and when and why, because they own giant media companies. And they are trying to maximize their uh, ratings and their advertising dollars and their profits. The idea of playing a bunch of music by small labels and small artists that no one's ever heard of, giving those people a shot, is extremely difficult for them to swallow in their business plan. So it was easier, Steve. A lot of records got played and a lot of artists got broke. And it's much harder now.
1: All right. So I'm going to finish by this. This has been so enlightening. Uh, I love this. You're working on, what are you doing? Yeah.
0: So part of my, uh, part of my dream and future here uh, alongside of uh, continuing to work at Star Farm Nashville and, uh, at our, and our new companies here in Pentwater. we've opened Birch, Michigan, check us out. It's really a, a great company. And, and we, uh, uh, to make uh, candles and home goods and things like that. By the way, so, real quick, at Christmas
1: this? I'm still burning that one you guys sent me. That's the best Good. smelling candle. I love the packaging. I love everything. You guys are sweethearts. And uh, yes, Ber- BirchMichigan.com. Birch the com, only right?
0: celebrity that is uh, enjoying our candles right now. We we have uh, we're growing quickly, and please check us out, It's Birch Michigan and Pimp Water Candle Company. But aside yeah, from those two things, which are kind of my life now, mm-hmm. um, I have had a dream. Since I was a little kid. Do you know when you do, like, you have to do your security questions for your log into your bank and stuff? Yeah. You know, what is is your dream job? First, well, about 30 years I've been fishing boat captain. I don't know why, (laughs) but I have. And I guess it was something deep in my heart. So I have taken uh, uh, this great course. It's been about eight months now studying navigation, safety, uh, seamanship, all that, and uh, I have completed the course, and now I have to uh, go and take my United States Coast Guard exam to become a master captain, which would now qualify me to uh, be able to take passengers out on the Great Lakes or the ocean, and catch fish and uh, have make them have a good I cook lunch all the things i love to do and uh, listen to azar music on an ipod i can see that. the days coming and so that's that's what i'm doing and that's been really fun and i think it was partly because i was old and i said i got to learn something so i was either going to be a pilot or a captain and i took a course and wow I'm, and I'm that's loving it,
1: just loving i love it. that well that moving back there's another example of moving back home and, and having a body of water like Lake Michigan, which I believe is an ocean, I have tasted salt, and you can't see the end of it. So I feel like, in my mind, it's an ocean, but that's all right. Uh, but, it is an ocean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But look, it does afford you the time, and it makes you go out there and, do, and fulfill some of those lifelong dreams. Michael, I can't thank you enough for spending a Mississippi Minute with me. Uh, you're the best. I'm proud of you. And I'm glad you moved home like It's been so like
0: awesome catching up with you, Steve. Thank you for having me. This has been a
1: blast. Been with the great Michael Powers. You now understand the music business. You are not a novice. We're in Mississippi Minute. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time.